0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver, tire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. And on opening day, we are happy to be joined by the Cardinals General Manager, Michael Gersh. We're making this an annual thing. We're just going to call it a tradition <laughs> I like out it. here for opening
1: day. Gersh, we appreciate the time as always. How you doing today? Uh, great, great. You you said we're steps away from Busch Stadium. It took me 10 minutes to make the track across those steps because there's about 5,000 people. There's a mob outside. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Well,
2: this is uh, the first time in the last three years that we haven't had either a, a rainstorm, snowstorm, or a cold front for opening day. It's like sunny and actually nice out for once for opening day. It's,
1: yeah, this is... Uh, this is you couldn't draw it up any better. We uh, we chose the right day to yes, open this time.
0: <laughs> to say the least. And going into opening day, there's obviously a lot of excitement for a million different reasons, one of which is the young Jordan Walker who's going to be breaking camp and is in the opening day lineup for the Cardinals. Gersh, at what point did you know this was a likelihood that he would be breaking camp and would be starting for you on opening day?
1: Um, I mean, like, I, look, about midway through spring training, he was showing that, like, He was ready to compete at this level right and so uh but when do you know it's a likelihood i mean it's sort of a process there's no like magic moment when the the we uh, we all like flip the switch you know i think as a group our discussions there were some people who you know were more convinced earlier than others some people who were a little bit more wanted to wait and see how this went and wait you know like it's tough but um and it also it's not just it depends on Jordan. I mean, he's competing against a bunch of guys who either are big, established big leaguers or guys like Yepes and Burleson who have shown that they, they, they are already better than AAA, right? And so um, it was a complicated little puzzle to put together. But at the end of the day, he's just he's ready. He, he, physically, mentally, maturity-wise, he's 20 years old uh, on the calendar, but that's like the only place yeah. he has like, a 20-year-old. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, he looks like a 30-year-old when he's at the batter's <laughs> box. And when you hear him talk, he sounds like he's been in the league for 20 years. But that's what I was going to ask, Michael. Uh, the maturity. How much did that play into that decision?
1: Oh, a, a lot, a lot. I mean, we're, we're taking a risk. We're taking a, a, a 20-year-old kid from AA straight to the big leagues, right? There, there's clearly that's there's some risk there, and knowing that we are all 100% comfortable that he's going to be fine if he goes, you know, 0 for the first weekend or 0 for whatever, or if he struggles a little bit out of the gate, or or if he starts out great and then goes through a slump in May, or that like he's just. He is much more mature than your average 20-year-old. Uh, I, we were just talking. I have two 18-year-olds in college. I would not put either of them on their open-day <laughs> roster. They're, they're both my daughters, so it's okay. But um, it, he he's just at he just a different level in terms of his preparation, the way he thinks about things, the, 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 his, just his attitude and approach towards, towards, towards his job. And so that, that's part of the, certainly part of the process.
0: You mentioned your offense and the, and the guys that you even had to send down with Juan Yepes, who last year was great. And then, I mean, you look in the playoffs. He was a guy that hit the home run in, in game one he's able to hit eighth in this lineup jordan walker is because you have so much depth with this group how much does that help too to take some of the pressure some of the expectations off of a kid like that
1: i I think for sure i think there's sort of two pieces together there right one is that we're trying to win right we're we're not we're not bringing up a rookie to try to sell tickets because we're in the middle of a rebuilding process and we need a face of the franchise and then you bat him third and you like you put everything on one guy's shoulders right um, so it's a different type of pressure, but we are trying to win, right? So it's a different pressure. You can't, you can't scuffle for too long before we're going to have to start like, thinking about how do we make this easier, what adjustments do we make, or you know, what opportunities do we target for him. Um, but certainly I think we, we have two guys who finished in the top three in MVP last year, right? We picked up a catcher who's got multiple all-star appearances. So it is, and, and we have guys like Newt Barr and Donovan and, and Gorman, young guys, Carlson, young guy, O'Neal, the list goes on of guys who have like shown that they're big league ready to just slide into that group makes it a lot easier for Jordan, I think, than it would be to be the man somewhere on day one. Michael, when you look at
2: the Cardinals roster today compared to what that roster was in the playoffs last year, what's the biggest difference to you?
1: Um, I mean, a lot of it's returned, right? The biggest difference is behind the plate. You know, I've, yeah. I've been with the organization since 2006, <laughs> and this is the first time we had to go find a catcher, right? <laughs> like, it's crazy. Um Certainly, the biggest difference is is that is probably the the presence of Albert and Yadi in in the organization, not just yeah. in the lineup, not just on the field, but in the clubhouse. Just like the aura that those two had about them, uh, is certainly something that we have to we have to adjust around and figure out how to who's going to sort of step into that role. But again, we've got some MVPs, we got some guys with you know significant. Uh, you know, career achievements who are who who already were stepping into leadership roles already. It's just a different type of leader than someone like Yadi who's been here for forever.
2: Real quick, BK, I gotta imagine, Michael, that uh, is a very odd conversation in the off season of like, all right, now we have to go find a catcher. <laughs> we haven't done this since 2000, and now we got to go have conversations about a catcher this year.
1: So for a long time, we were trying to find backup catchers for Yadi, yep. and that was impossible because you were like, uh, you'll probably play like 20 games, <laughs> maybe 30 at top. And so it was always a, like nobody – you can only find like veterans who wanted to win, right? right, who were no longer looking for their next contract. They just wanted a chance to win. Now we actually could go out and talk <laughs> to anybody we wanted, and they all were interested in the job because it, you know, it was a whole different conversation.
0: <laughs> what was that process like with Wilson Contreras? I know you guys have talked about this a bit, but now that he's been – you can look back on what the signing process was and into spring training, what his presence felt like. What was the process like, and then how has his response lived up to the expectations that you guys had for him when he signed?
1: Well, I think the story of, you know, uh, of Ali and Mo visiting with him and all that's been sort of uh, Absolutely. yeah, rehashed multiple times. But, you know, during the winter meetings, we, we explored options, decided that this was the direction we wanted to go, um, reached an agreement. And, like, from the moment we reached an agreement he wanted access to our information, he wanted phone numbers, he wanted scouting reports and, and, and heat maps so he could start in video and, and he did he wanted he wanted to learn and be ready to hit the ground running. And I think we talked about the uh, you know off air a little bit, the WBC and yeah. clearly Wilson Contreras is a WBC caliber player. Uh I, I think Venezuela was able to loved to have had him. Yeah. But they do have Salvador Perez and so he felt comfortable being like, hey guys, I got I got a bigger thing I'd worry about right now, which is learning a whole new pitching staff and and so he he was he was one of the few guys one of our few big names who was you know in jupiter all spring working on his game but also working on his relationships with people and and it's been great i mean he's he's done everything you could possibly want a catcher to do you
2: you always want to have that that spark plug that guy who's got fire on the roster and there's a lot of those guys but you've had yadi for the longest time who was that player does it feel like from the front office perspective you found that next guy who can bring that fire into that clubhouse
1: um, I think that, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a little bit like you got to see how it plays out, right? right. But I, I, I mean, it's been again something that everyone said. But like when he was with the Cubs, we couldn't stand him, right? <laughs> and so like you assume that the other teams are going to feel the same way when he's in our <laughs> uniform. But like until you sort of see how the season go, you know, it's yeah. it's not like, if I mean he's he's a great guy. So in spring training, you don't have any of that vibe, right? But that there's no there's no no one's competing at the level you are once the season starts, right? So we'll see starting today how how he how he. uh that fighter shows up on the field.
0: Michael Gersh is our guest, the Cardinals' general manager. Uh, Gersh, we all knew locally what Lars Neupahr's personality was like. And then you see him go to the world stage (laughs) with Team Japan and become a national and really international sensation with some of the buddy cop videos that you'd see between him and Shohei Otani. What did that live up to expectation? What was that like for you? Let's just ask it this way. What was that like for you to watch Lars Newpar growing into that international superstar?
1: No, I think I think you're right. Like everyone in St. Louis sort of knew his personality and kind of figured something like this was gonna happen, sure. right? Like give him give him an international stage, <laughs> put him next to like the most famous baseball player in the world. He'll find a way. He's probably gonna end <laughs> up making us hilarious, right? So um, no, it was it was great to watch. It, it, it was, I mean, the WBC in general was great to watch. I, the fact that the, it ended with Shea Otani throwing to, to Mike Trout with, with, as a tying run was like, y- you can't, like, write stories like that. Like you would mo- have said, this is too far Right. Fact. Yeah, in a movie, you'd be like, yeah. oh, come on. Seriously? Yeah. That's <laughs> what you're going with is the ending? Um, but the fact that the, the, the whole event was great. You know, Newt's role in it. He, he played well. He was a big part of the, of, of the Japanese win. Um, and then he came back to the spring training, and everyone started, you know, knocked him down a peg got him back where he <laughs> belonged and and uh, he, he i mean he's self aware he he is he, he has a great outgoing magnetic personality but he's also self aware he knows that he has actually established himself like a tiny bit in the big leagues he's got a lot more to do he's got a career ahead of him and he's not he's not getting ahead of himself so it's, it's been fun
2: what were some of the reports back from those other players that participated in the wBC was it
1: impactful for them to, in terms of carrying it over into the remainder of spring training i think I, I think in some ways like the environment, especially the guys who made it to Miami, the final four team, yep. right? The environment down there, to drive from that back to Jupiter and play in a spring training game <laughs> where, like, you're taken out in the fifth inning and, you know, most of the fans are there getting a suntan. And, like, <laughs> I think that was dramatic, right? It's almost good how close to the end of spring training that, that, that those guys finished because they're, they're they're still sort of ramped up. right? Yep. I think if there had been a longer break, it would have been like a, a high, high, and then, like a oh, I forgot, speed training get back for a while, <laughs> and then trying to ramp back up again. So, um, but they all spoke of it. Like every single guy talked about how much they loved it, what a great experience it was. Whether it was guys who never got out of the the pool play, or guys who were, you know, the 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 Japan and U.S. guys who were playing down to the end. It was just they they all spoke very highly of it. I I think it was great for baseball. Yeah. I think the fact that it was great for baseball is good because I think in whatever it is, three years or four years, there'll be a a different quality of player who's like, yeah, I'm in. I saw what that looked like, or I talked to so-and-so, and and I'm in. And uh, I think they'll keep making that event more and more fun.
0: For us on the outside, spring training is really tough to get a gauge on what matters, right? What are the things that you can actually take from this that will apply to the regular season versus stuff where it's like, yeah, that guy hit 400, but he also saw single-lay pitching in 30 of those at-bats for you as you look at what you saw in spring training whether it's from a big league guy or somebody that just got an opportunity that you're like, yeah that was interesting for us what was something that stood out to you that you found to be particularly interesting that could potentially actually apply to the team that we're going to be watching
1: well i i think one of the things that that we try to look at it, it, spring training sets are hard right it's a small sample against random competition in you know, in, in, in an environment where some people are working on things, other guys sure. are competing for their lives. Some guys are trying to make the team. Some guys are trying to not get cut, and other guys are just trying to figure out whether I can throw a <laughs> changeup because I've never <laughs> thrown one before and I want to see what happens. Right. So, um, it's not ideal, but there are. I think some of the, the sort of process oriented things you can get information out of. So like Brandon Donovan was hitting the ball harder this year than he was last year. He hit almost many home runs in the spring training. He hit all of last year. Like, yeah. I don't know how that exactly will play out, but that's a new <laughs> skill that he was demonstrating that, you know, even he had some balls, like, knocked down by the wind at the wall and stuff, but he was hitting balls harder than he has in the past. That's something that you kind of, you kind of, like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, some guys were throwing harder. Packy Naughton was throwing a slider, like, four or five, he was trying to turn it a little bit more like a cutter, like, get more velocity on it, like, to throw this thing, like, really let it rip. Um, that's sort of like, a, it's a new pitch. Now, how that's going to play, I don't know. I mean, it worked pretty well in, in Jupiter against double-A guys or whatever, right? right? But, like, how it's going to play on a day-to-day basis, we don't know. But it, those sorts of, like, underlying changes i think are what we focus on a little bit more than the actual performance right like to your point if you hit 400 right some of those are ground balls that sneak through and some of them are you know little you know guys who have number 97 on their back and it's just not it's harder to measure
0: i wanted to ask you about drew verhagen
1: Mm -hmm. because as you can
0: imagine our text line had some things to say about him last year but he was hurt he wasn't right physically and then this spring he comes out and it looks really good the spin rates are all you guys have talked about it in the past very good and it, it looks awesome what have you seen this year that you felt was different than a year ago well from I think, him,
1: i think the biggest thing is health i think i think last spring he kind of looked like this yeah but it didn't last very long because he, he he got he started having hip problems and it and it's one of those things that sort of cascaded and and, and became a bigger and bigger issue so um he had pitched very well in Asia, sort of like Miles had pitched very well in Asia when we brought him over, and we had confidence that it was going to translate. And it didn't, and and there were injuries, there were a whole bunch of things going on. Um, we think that Drew is has the stuff to be like a big part of our bullpen. It's, it's exciting because, you know, we you know Helsley's great, you know Hicks was 104 or whatever, right? Gallegos <laughs> has been great for a long time, but like, but like bullpens live and die by like the 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 who's going to step up this year it's always someone different and you, you never quite know who's going to be the guy who's you know in you know in the second half of the season who's like taking a new role that you didn't expect the next luis garcia yeah yeah like Packy on stepped up next yep. year coming from triple a right you need you need guys to do that and and i think drew's in a good spot to, to be that to step into that role final one
2: for me michael um when you look at the pitching that seems to be the area from at least a lot of people that text in with us that says they're still skeptical on do you guys feel that same way about the pitching staff going into this season?
1: Oh, I wouldn't use the word skeptical. I mean, certainly, look, every year, pitching health is a huge driver. No matter whether you have the best pitching staff in baseball or, or, or the worst, if you can't get, like, going healthy, you're in trouble. And the good news is that we made it most of the way through spring training without any issues, and the issues we do have with, uh, with Wilkin Rodriguez and Weino are we're talking weeks, not months, yep. right, Which or years, which you sometimes end up with. So so we're going in with relatively healthy. Um, you know, we're comfortable with, with the guys that we have. Um, we're excited by some of the young guys who've shown, who, who's shown progress this year, like Woodford, another guy who like, is throwing a yeah. different pitch. He's a, he's a different guy than he was last year. I don't know exactly what that means yet, but I know that I'm more excited about it than, than seeing the same thing yeah. that we've seen in the past and, and hoping, hoping for something different. So, um, and we've had young, you know, guys like Libertor pitched well. And we, we've sent a bunch of guys to AAA who in, in past years, could have made our big league opening day roster. So we feel good that we have depth in the bullpen and depth in the rotation. In case we do have face injury, we hope we don't. We hope we have the same five guys 32 times. That would be amazing, but it, I think it never <laughs> it hadn't happened in decades. No, been 12, never 12, uh, it doesn't no. seem to go that way very often. No, so we're, we're excited for the pitching staff. But, but clearly, look, our, our position player group is really good yeah, really deep good offensively good defensively good base like like that is clearly the strength of our team but but that does not mean that we're in any way skeptical of what our pitching staff can do we'll get
0: you out of here on this and thank you so much for the time as always Jack Flaherty is the talk of this team because he has the stuff to be a number one starter in this league the numbers and again we'll go back to don't read too much into what the spring training stats are what did you see from Jack in the spring what is your level of excitement about what he could be for you guys this year
1: yeah, I think the, the, the most important thing for Jack is that he felt healthy all spring and he was throwing hard, right? I think his command wasn't perfect. He was still feeling for a slider at times. He, he wasn't as dominant as we might have hoped. There were games where he was, like, scuffling for an inning or an inning and a half, and then he would, like, get out of the second inning and then retire, like, eight in a row or something. You're <laughs> like, oh, okay, it's still there. He just has to sort of figure it out. He hasn't, he hasn't pitched regularly in a couple years. It's, it's part of the challenge. So um, from our perspective, the fact that his arm is healthy in terms of velocity and that he's had no issues in terms of recovering after outings is, like, the biggest thing. Everything else in spring training was sort of secondary to, like, we got to get through these six weeks throwing hard, feeling good, and then we'll worry about performance when the lights turn on. And I, I, Jack's a competitor. I think when the lights turn on, he'll find a way to, to perform.
0: He's Michael Gersh, Cardinals general manager. We appreciate him joining us in person out of the Budweiser Brew House, Just steps away. A 10-minute walk. Potentially, yeah, yeah. Might be a little From longer Bush now. Stadium on opening day. Michael, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. Best of luck today. Best of luck this year. We'll talk with you again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks, appreciate Michael. it. You got it. That's Michael Gersh.